you know, there are so-called prophets who are correct in how they do things. There are people who create miracles, but are they truly from God? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hemmer. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, a fascinating study of Deuteronomy chapter 13. In about three minutes, we're going to talk about that. And Corey is here with Ryan. Corey? Well, Mom and I today, actually, we're going to be talking more about Deuteronomy 13 and some of the ins and outs of that. So, Ryan, how about you? Well, today it's a food fight because some claim that the Bible is in contradiction on what kinds of food that we're allowed to eat. So we're going to talk about that. All right. So food fight. All right. That's going to be interesting. So uh, there's a lot going on here, but let's take a look at Deuteronomy 13 and let's consider what it says. We're going to study this in today's program. So take your Bible guide out. If you don't have one, stay there because we'll tell you how to get one. And let's open up the Bible and listen to what God says. This is interesting. Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him, and keep His commandments and obey His voice. You shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death, because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. You know, Deuteronomy is an amazing passage of scripture because it is the words of God, it is the law of God, and Moses wrote it. And when he wrote it, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, of course. And there's a lot talking about what God desires, but if we read it carefully, we can see the movement of God and his Holy Spirit in these times. The principle of Deuteronomy 13 is critically important to our lives today. Just because someone can prophesy or do signs and wonders or miracles, that does not mean that we should follow whatever they say. The scripture teaches us, Deuteronomy 13, that signs and wonders, prophecies, and dreams are not necessarily verification of God's backing. The person's teachings must be checked with the Bible. We know that we must love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. God, not a person. Love God, not a teaching. Love God, not a movement. It's God. So in other words, the best way to handle this is we must filter everything that a teacher or a prophet says through the lens of Holy Scripture. 
And we must never elevate them in value or their word above scripture. At Bible Discovery TV, our goal is to encourage people to read and know scripture, the Bible. Now, everyone can do this. Everyone can grow their relationship with God this way. You see, when you know the Bible and what it says, it's much easier to discern false teaching because you already know the truth. As you continue to read the Bible and pray, applying his truth to your life, you are becoming more and more filled with the knowledge of God and filled with the words of his Holy Spirit. Now that's important to remember. And as we read today, take your Bible guide and turn to the passage, Deuteronomy, it's very interesting, chapter 13. And as we turn to it, I want to tell you that uh, this is really something we have explored and discovered some amazing things here. You see, uh, God speaks through his word always. And as we look at it, it's important for us to know that. And so if you don't have a Bible guide, call us or write to us and we'll send you a copy. And, uh, or you can go to uh, Bible Discovery TV and, and download your own copy as we print it. Uh, but the most important book is here. It's the Word of God. It's the Bible. And it's important. Now, I have, I have it on my, my uh, iPad as well, and sometimes I use it. But I use the Bible because I have many print versions. It's hard to change print, but it's easy to change print in the iPad. So I use the iPad, but I like the print versions. Very important. We need to pray and ask God to teach us his way and show us his path. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you would show us your word, teach us your path, help us to understand what it says today, these small verses of the Bible that are so important. Help us, Lord. We don't want to read into it. We want to read from it in Jesus' name. And we said together, amen. All right, now let's look at chapter 13, verse 1. Here's what it says. If there arises among you, if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or gives you a wonder, very important, very specific, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, let us serve them. Verse three, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Right here. What does it mean? There are so-called prophets who have some success in their predictions. Beloved, we are not to be impressed or deceived by prophets who lead us to other gods. Simple. We need to understand this. We need to filter everything through the word of God. Where is it in the Bible? What does it say in the Bible? And we have to, be, we have to pray about it. Ask the Lord, show us your way. And the Holy Spirit will teach us because the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit will teach us his truth from the Bible. And there may be prophets that speak on his behalf, but there are many who do not. So I'm here to warn you today. You got to be careful. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 13, because it's telling the truth. Now, with that in mind, we go to verse four. You shall walk after the Lord, your God, walk after him and fear him. 
and keep his commandments and obey his voice, you shall serve him and hold fast to him, the Lord your God. God's people, beloved, must seek the ways of God through his word. The way to stay close and follow Jesus Christ is by reading the scripture and prayer. The way to stay close to God is by reading his scripture and prayer. That's why we, every year at Bible Discovery, we go through the Bible. You say, well, Rod, that's a boring script. Well, that's the problem if you think it's boring. You're not really hearing the Holy Spirit because I've read it I, 40 times plus. And the Holy Spirit speaks every time and I'm reading it again. And it's important to hear the Holy because God speaks differently. He gets deeper. He speaks deeper. Every time I read the Bible, I, I have new meaning. It's very important, beloved. Well, let's read on because we only have two minutes left. Verse five, it says, but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away evil from your midst. Now, you know, this is very specific. A true prophet of God is judged by his word. A true prophet of God is judged by God's word. We should not be led astray by false teaching. We must know and follow God's wonderful word. That's what I can say. Of all of the stuff going on, and everybody has a, the latest thing, the greatest thing, and this is happening, and that's happening. We can do this, and we can do that. But the word of God is the truth. The Bible is his word to us. And I want to tell you something very important today. Take the Word of God. Make it a part of your life. You need to understand the Word of God, beloved. You need to understand and begin to learn and grow as you read the Word of God. Very important. So today I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, help us to hear your Word. And help us to take your Word and apply it in our heart. You know, we don't want to read into it. We want to read from it because your these, these words of the Holy Spirit here, the 66 books by the 40 authors over 1500 years, all with the same theme. Help us to hear it, Lord. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, we thank you because your word is real and true. And we all said together, every one of us said this, amen, or make it so in Jesus' name. Okay, so as I mentioned off the top of the program, today's segment is all about food. Because some skeptics claim that the Bible contradicts itself over what kinds of food that we're allowed to eat. For example, when it comes to animals, which ones are we allowed to eat? 
Some Bible passages say none, others say some, and still others say that we're permitted to eat all animals. So which is it? Well, one of the passages in question is Deuteronomy chapter 14, which is a part of our reading today. So let's take a look. While many hold the Bible in very high esteem and accept its profession that it is God-breathed, others claim that it is foolish to trust its words because it's full of hundreds of errors and contradictions. While no such error or contradiction has yet been proven to the satisfaction of a court of law, still the allegations persist. One example of this has to do with the diet given to mankind by God. In particular, what kind of animals are we permitted to eat? According to Genesis 1.29, Proverbs 23.20, Daniel 1.8, and Romans 14.21, no animals may be eaten. But according to Deuteronomy 14.7-8, and Leviticus 11.2-4, only clean animals may be eaten. And according to Genesis 9.3, Mark 7.18-20, Luke 10.8, Acts 10.9-13, 1 Corinthians 10.25, Romans 14.2 and 1 Timothy 4.1-3, all animals may be eaten. So then, which set of passages are correct? Actually, they all are. It is in fact the critic who is aired here, because he or she has failed to distinguish between different times in history, and failed to read the passages carefully. In regards to the timeline, God originally designed humans and animals to be vegetarian. At a later time, after the flood, God permitted people to eat the meat of any animal. Sometime after that, God placed additional restrictions on the kinds of meat that the Israelites were permitted to eat. This symbolically showed their separation as God's chosen people under the Old Testament administration before the coming of Christ. At a later time, when Christ came, God removed the dietary restrictions on the Israelites because the Old Testament administration had expired. It is also obvious that the critic has not read the passages very carefully, since some of them are completely irrelevant to the question which they posed namely Proverbs 23.20 and Romans 14.2 and 21. Proverbs 23.20 is a warning against gluttony, and thus isn't speaking about the type of food we may eat, but rather the quantity thereof. And Romans 14.2 and 21 also doesn't place on us any dietary restrictions. Rather, it warns us to be mindful about what we do in front of others, lest it makes them stumble in their faith. Where then is there any error? So as you can see, there are absolutely no errors or contradictions between these passages whatsoever. As a matter of fact, it's the critic who is aired here, because these passages in question represent different times in history, and laws changed over time. Also, regarding the food requirements listed in Deuteronomy 14, we have to remember these were laws meant only for the Israelites under the Old Testament administration, so there is no contradiction. The truth is, people don't reject the Bible because it contradicts itself, they reject it because it contradicts the way that they want to live, and that's the real heart of the matter. And it's true what the Bible says of itself in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that it's active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating even to the dividing between soul and spirit, and the joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, reading and applying the Bible to our lives really is like spiritual surgery. It hurts at first, but ultimately, it saves our lives. Something to think about. Yeah, and really, there, there's three parts to the law that are important. The law of God in the Bible. The ceremonial part is there, the, the Levites and the whole business. 
the cultural part is there, the ancient culture and all of it, but then there's the eternal part. Uh, you know, the Ten Commandments are eternal in, in how they predict things. And the last commandment is thou shalt not covet. Mm -hmm. And how do you, how do you measure that? Is there a covet yeah, meter? Like you know, more, what do, what do you do? More of the moral laws, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the moral laws. That's yeah. the, that's the cultural thing. So we need to keep that in mind. It's very, very interesting. Okay. Corey, you're up. Yeah. So I wanted to talk more, a little bit more about Deuteronomy 13. And I know that you spoke on it today, dad, but I wanted to kind of bring a little bit of a different even element to the table, uh, because I think it's so interesting that <clears throat> we can all come to uh, um, um, an issue in the scripture and and kind of miss sections of it. And I think that in our broader society today, we're guilty of doing this over a few issues, but definitely prophecy and signs and wonders is a big one where I think a lot of us are missing missing parts of what the Bible is teaching on it and just focusing on one aspect over another aspect. And Maybe we can just read the first couple of verses of chapter 13 and then get into it more. So Deuteronomy 13 says this, If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And it continues on. That was verses one to three. But I think there's so many really interesting things there. There are those of us who love and are drawn to and almost have an unhealthy obsession with needing to hear prophecies and needing to hear dreams and needing to see signs and wonders. And if we're not careful, we can get carried away with this because what this is telling us in Deuteronomy 13 is that dreams and signs and wonders and prophecies do not verify the person or the message that they're giving. They're not for verification of this person. It's not God's check mark necessarily on this person. You have to also look at their life and look at their teaching. What are they teaching you? Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with true worship of God or does it not? So we have to be really careful. So what is the purpose of miracles then? What is the purpose of prophecy? What is the purpose of signs and wonders and dreams if not a verification of an individual? Well, as we look through the Bible, I think the answer is for the glory of God. It's to show, to bring glory to him, to bring praise to him, to reveal who he is. I mean, when we look at John 9 and Jesus heals the man born blind, his disciples ask him, was it this man or his parents that sinned? And Jesus says, nothing, neither. It's for the glory of God for this time so that I can work for this time, for this very moment. When you look at the Red Sea crossing, uh, you know, God says that it's going to be for him to get glory over Pharaoh and so that the Israelites may know who he is, right? So these signs and wonders are not verification of Moses. They're to bring glory to God and glory to God through Israel recognizing who God is and knowing who he is more and more. Um, so we have to be careful we when do. it comes to, I think that's my overarching point is we look at first Corinthians 14 prophecy is, is still a thing that God gives. 
It's four, and I actually wrote myself a note because I don't, I don't want to miss it. According to 1 Corinthians 14, prophecy builds up, it encourages, and it comforts the church. It still has a purpose. It's edification. It's not, oh, wow, this person is so amazing. Let's follow everything that they say and hang off every, every word that they say and buy every book that they say. It's not, it's not about that. It's for the edification of the church. It's for comfort, for building up and for encouragement. It's not uh, necessarily a check mark of divine approval on their ministry because they can be bad. They can be trying to lead you away from God because spiritual power, unfortunately, doesn't just come from God. That's exactly right. And, and, and it's very easy for us. You know, we were talking about this before we recorded this yeah. segment here. It's very easy for us to get caught up in the emotion yes. of things. And so often we want to be able to say, oh, wow, look at that person or look what they do. And then it's very easy because we're all human yeah. and we do fall. There, There isn't any. That's why we're not supposed to put other people on a pedestal yeah. because people gonna are be, people. they're going to fall off the pedestal. Yep. It's going to happen. And then a lot of times people say, oh, well, see, God's not real. God's not. And it's not, that's not about God. Yeah. And in verse four, you stopped at three, but verse four says, you shall walk after the Lord, your God and fear him and keep mm-hmm. his commandments and obey his voice. Mm-hmm. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. Yes. He has to be what we're ultimately loyal to. Exactly. Not people who talk about him or who claim to talk for him. And that's why it's so important for us to know his word personally. Yes. Because it's easy then to, if we see somebody who's impressive to us as a human being, and there, listen, there are some preachers and pastors out out there that are magnificent. God Mm. has gifted them to be able to preach wonderfully, but they are men. And we need to have God's word in our hearts and not just follow after them. In fact, we say many times on this program, don't just take our word for it. You need to get involved. That's why we have this program is is so that we can encourage you to get God's word into your heart so that when you are listening to something that, that, that uh, uh, a message that's being given, a prophecy, or whether it's a sermon, there might be 98% 98% truth, but somewhere in there, there's something not right. And your mm-hmm. ear and your spirit will be tweaked to check, to make sure that it's lining up with the word of God and not yes. the word of men or the word of rod. You know, it, it needs to line up with the word of God. And so that's what we need to seek the Lord. And we're, we're told that in his word over and over again. Yeah. To seek the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. But it's easy to become dependent Yes, it is. Upon somebody else's word. We'll just go to church on Sunday and we'll listen to the sermon. Or we'll just listen to this podcast or this, that, and the other. And then I'm getting, I'm getting my word of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that, like I, I trust this person. So every single view that they have will now become I'm gonna my have view. Mine. Yeah. But the problem is we're all human and we all have blind spots. We're going to be wrong about certain things because we're not God, you know, so you have to have your own relationship with God too, because you're going to see things in the scripture that I can't see and, and, or that God hasn't shown me yet. I haven't, I haven't, I'm not there, whether it's because of my life experiences or something else, right? It's so important for us all to have an individual relationship with God to follow him. To follow him. Don't follow That's me, right. follow him, you know? Um, I think one of the 
key elements here is that as leaders or as people who are pastors or whatever, it's very easy for people when they come to you, they say, oh, what a great sermon. That was just an awesome sermon. Oh, I wept through the whole. It's very easy to take that. It's like believing your own press. Right. And it's very easy to take that and say, yeah, well, see, I'm pretty good. I, I did a pretty good job there, you know. And, and we can't, as leaders, we can't do that because we know that we're men. Mm-hmm. We know we have weaknesses and we know we can lie to ourselves. And so what you're saying, reading the Bible for average people, leaders are average people too. And James chapter 3 is very clear about this. He says, let not many of you study to be teachers because teachers will be judged with a higher standard. And I think it's important to remember that in this time when everybody's looking for something, leadership is in question and problems in our countries and they're looking for solutions, they're looking for a man, they're looking for a leader. Mm -hmm. The problem is... We should be looking for God. And that's what God's point was to Israel. That's the thing with, so like me and Ryan's generation, it's influencers, Mm -hmm. right? There's influencers all over YouTube and Instagram and and even uh, X, not Twitter, X. (laughs) (laughs) All all of these things, there's influencers and it's so easy to latch onto it. But what would happen if uh, a whole generation of Christian influencers rose up? And there are some good ones out there who rather than trying to influence are pointing back to God and being like, nope, nope, don't look at me. I'm not, I'm not taking the brand deals. I'm not doing anything because it's not about me, right? It's about God. And there are, there are people out there doing that, just like there is pastors out there doing that and church leaders out there doing that. But please be encouraged. You're doing a good thing by reading through the Bible and studying through the Bible. Try not to get distracted uh, by all the things that can come alongside you and distract you. And whenever you're faced with a teacher, even if they can prophesy, which it may be accurate prophecies, it may be from God, but you have to also look at what it is that they're saying, the content of what they're saying, and make sure that it lines up with God's revealed truth in the Bible. Let's give glory to where glory is due. Amen. That's mm-hmm. God. It's important to remember that everybody who writes for the Bible Guide, I want to thank you because, of course, uh, it costs us money and all of that, but there's people who have given and become partners. I want to thank you for that, especially to, to in today's world, let me tell you. And, we, you know, it's very important that you understand that God will help you and bless you. Malachi tells us that. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for everybody who's a partner of this ministry that you would touch them and help them, Lord, and give them assurance in their heart they're doing the right thing. In Jesus' name, amen.